Hello and welcome to Community Topics number 17, Julius Community. I am finding a lot more freedom in myself. And more and more, I cling to the idea that I need to be anything or should be anything or shouldn't be anything other than what I am right now. And I am the result of cumulative change because change is cumulative and we talk about that all the time but what we don't talk about or rather we do but i guess not directly is that balance or imbalance is also cumulative over time we can become imbalanced in certain aspects of our life which makes us imbalanced in the entirety of our life which makes a certain degree of imbalance in our body which ends up lowering our immune system and uh, causing consequences and that's just on a small hypothetical level but imbalance is something that not only happens you know week to week day to day month to month maybe over the course of our entire lifetime it's also something that carries on generation to generation so not only do we have our own balance and imbalance that becomes cumulative from moment to moment as we go through life but our body itself is the result of cumulative balance and imbalance throughout all of our timeline or rather all of our family line right and so we come into the world a result of a stream of change and imbalance and balance and that's the lot we're saddled with and then we have to find that cumulative journey through balance and imbalance ourselves. and that leads us to living healthier lives creating healthier relationships not taking things so seriously not having so much stress but i think that's what i'm getting at is that the imbalance is something that we feel and actually becomes something that's expressed in our life as stress, as resistance. And that resistance accumulates just as the imbalance does. And it has a side effect or a consequence. And that's not to say that we are personally responsible for that, but we are definitely participants in that. And as such, we, can, we are always doing the best that we can. I wanted to say all of that because today's voted on topic is cancer. And before we get into this conversation, because we get very enthusiastic about insight, we get very enthusiastic about conversation, about exploring things and really trying to understand more deeply as a whole. So that way we can help the community process and go through whatever it is they're going through more deeply as a whole and change can happen. But as a result of that enthusiasm, occasionally, unwittingly, we sound insensitive. And with this specific subject, I want you, the listener, to know if you are suffering through cancer, if you have recovered from cancer, if you know somebody going through cancer, don't misplace our enthusiasm for a lack of sensitivity. But do understand that we hope that maybe our enthusiasm for uncovering some things translates into your life as a renewed strength. It really is our intention to have a beneficial conversation here, not one that is insensitive to the suffering that anybody is going through. So I just wanted to say that very quickly. Welcome to Community Topics number 17. We are talking about cancer today. After all of that, I'm passing it over to Andrew. Awesome. Yes. And just to reiterate that, none of this, if we get you know, intense or enthusiastic or display feelings of excitement in 
discussing some of our insights and the symbolism that um, we've recognized between cancer and other aspects of our reality. It is not in any way, shape, or form indicative of you know the the gravity we understand and and the impact of this very destructive disease um, that we've experienced as as a human race. Um, so that being said, uh, it's been it's been really tough for me to not just see pure symbolism between our current collective mentality, current collective ego, and the function of cancer as I've been doing my research for this episode. But just to start things off, I just want to read from this website what the initial definition of cancer is according according to this site. Uh, it says cancer is is a disease in which some of the body's cells grow uncontrollably and spread to other parts of the body. And so basically, just to kick things off, the symbolism that I see between cancer being essentially equivalent to the the collective ego that we experience in our society being that when when cancer happens, it basically comes down to the individual cells don't recognize that they are a part of the collective and they begin acting rather than tapping into the sort of collective function of the body and recognizing that they are it, like they are that body, they start acting independently of it. So they start ignoring signals that the body sends to it to, you know, die, for example, when certain cells get to a certain age, they pass on. So cancer cells ignore those signals, basically. They also grow in the absence of those signals telling it to grow. So certain cells, you know, they grow, they shrink, they are, you know, divided, and then they die. Cancer cells ignore all these signals. So there isn't necessarily a limitation to where they can go and how how much they can grow. And because they are acting in a sort of individual mindset, believing that, you know, I'm I'm this cancer cell and that's all that I am, it creates a lot of havoc for the body. Inevitably, there's a balance of things as certain cells start growing too big. It doesn't leave space for the other cells to function properly. And cancer cells, when they, you know, bump up against another cell, they don't stop bumping into it. They kind of infiltrate that cell's space and they they sort of overtake it in a way, whereas a normal cell doesn't do that. They don't over invade other parts of the body. They, they stay where they're at. And so obviously there's a lot of symbolism there. That's a little bit of background on my understanding of the cancer cells and some of their functionality relative to normal cells. Um, and with that, I'll pass back to Ray. Okay, so we're starting from that direction already. Um, it's really interesting because when we talk about the collective ego, I tend to see it a little differently sometimes. Like occasionally you can see it as identity and all of the branches of identity, just reaching for certainty as it were, right? Alternatively, you can see it as stress, as an accumulation of stress within our collective consciousness, within our collective body. And at certain points, the stress gets so bad that we actually start choking ourselves, thinking of cramp or, or something like that, right? And so it's really interesting um, that we'll get to that in a moment. So ego, stress, 
there's a correlation there. Cancer has a lot of different causes or there's a lot of different contributors. And I just want to go through some of them very quickly because they're not all related to your mentality. And we certainly don't want to get that across. Like there are certain things like radiation, chemicals, carcinogens, um, certain infections. Uh, and, and then after that, you start getting into things that are more lifestyle related. Right. And what I mean is that uh, your diet, your level of inactivity, whether or not you drink a lot of alcohol, um, having a uh, body mass index of over 30 will tend to create a series of, of problems as, such as chronic inflammation uh, and increased hormone production, both of which are contributing factors to cancer as well. And why? Well, well, as well as increased cortisol levels, that's also a contributing factor. So when you look at what we're saying there on the lifestyle level, we're looking at stress. We're looking at, at stress that's from a, new, from a number of different areas of our life, all of which are a result of imbalance or a lack of awareness, right? Or habit over time that is imbalance as it were. And so it's really interesting to me that when we're looking at some of the things that contribute to cancer, often we're looking at stress running rampant over time or being passed down genetically. We, we know that some people are, are more genetically predisposed to having cancer. And I would theorize that that's largely because of stress that might've been carried down throughout the generations of their family in, in terms of how it's been embodied over time. Because again, like, I think that we are all the same strand from generation to generation. We're expressed in different ways and going into different variations and whatnot. But I think the biggest contributing change between one story and the other is the level of stress, right? And so I think that cancer and stress or cancer and resistance as you were saying, collective, the collective ego, which is just resistance to, to reality in general, I think they go hand in hand, right? And again, I'm not saying it is purely a result of what we're doing within our awareness, because what do I mean by our awareness? I don't just mean you, the individual in this point, right? Like it's not your responsibility or your fault, that you have cancer because you are not just you you are also the result of a collective world and if you look at the collective world around you that's contributing to all this it's all imbalance in terms of food air quality chemicals in the water all of these things are a result of imbalance with our within our collective awareness and they are also contributing to the cancer that we're talking about they all result in external contributing factors, as well as the stress within ourselves resulting in internal contributing factors. And so once you have the two working, against, uh, working with each other against you, I think that that's where the problem arises from. But I think that there are certain things that we can do psychologically or, or certain things that we can do consciously that mitigates some of the danger of cancer or even can help in healing from cancer because this is something that's true uh, in cancer treatment. Often people who are starting cancer treatment will have a lot of hope. This is gonna be over quickly. And at that point, they have the greatest chance of getting better quickly. Like that's something that the doctors want to encourage is that idea of like, yeah, you've got this for sure, right? Because they know there's a contributing factor there, but it's funny because they'll actually deny that the official story on placebo is that uh, no, no, it just affects the symptoms. It doesn't affect the cause. I'll get back to that in a minute, but I'm going to pass it over to Andrew next. Well, now, well, now I'm pretty curious about, about that part, the symptoms versus the cause. And is it not that the symptoms are a repercussion 
of the cause, but also that the cause is a repercussion of the symptoms. Like they inform each other. It's not just a one way street. And so as you let go of the, as you let go of the symptoms, it's not to say that it, the cure goes or the cause diminishes, but you can begin to recognize other ways of being that could contribute to helping the cause not be as serious or, or solidified. Yeah. Well, I agree. I agree with you. Absolutely. But it's funny because again, the official story, like if you look up, does the placebo effect uh, have a difference on physiology? They'll tell you emotionally, right? Like it, it changes your mood, which might help you feel better as you're going through your illness. It's like, right. But that has a contributing factor to how, how much I heal as well, but we don't talk about that. So you actually have to look up that, that stuff separately if you want to do that and you can you can actually find research on the placebo effect that totally invalidates that official story like for example that uh the placebo effect can influence the release of neurotransmitter neurotransmitters and hormones in the brain changing the physical and emotional responses to pain so that's the official story and that's absolutely true but the trick there being changing hormones the overproduction of certain hormones can be a contributing factor in cancer as well. Then the placebo effect can influence the immune system function and inflammation in the body. Inflammation in the body being another contributing factor for cancer, right? Or the uh, placebo effect is associ associated with a decrease in inflammation markers in the blood. Inflammation markers are also a contributing factor to cancer. In fact, certain cancers um, where inflammation markers have a marked increase they will actually monitor how well the cancer treatment's going based on the number of inflammation markers in the blood, right? So the placebo effect can decrease inflammation markers that contribute to cancer, but you know, it doesn't, it doesn't actually affect you physiologically, right? Uh, and then it also alters certain hormone levels like cortisol and testosterone, the placebo effect, which doesn't affect your physiology, but you know, hormone levels being a contributing factor in cancer. So there is a certain degree of our mental state and awareness that is contributing to not just whether or not we're getting sick, but whether or not we're getting healthy, right? And it comes back down to stress, or at least that's very much how I look at it, contributing stress accumulated over time. And that's kind of it is not just your stress. It's the stress of us all collectively. It's the resistance of us all collectively. The environment's a contributing factor because that's a part of you. We just don't look at it that way, right? And so in order for us to start working against cancer, as it were, we have to start working against the mindset that's contributing to that cancer, which unfortunately is what our society is continuing to do just through ignorance and you know, addiction. Yeah, so going back to the SIBO effect, it's funny how they talk about that because like sure maybe it's not direct impact like placebo effect to the the core the root of it but the root has branches and the placebo effect impacts the branches that are part of the root so it's so interesting that they discount that so like oh yeah it has all of these effects 
which impact the root cause of it, but they're not willing to say that the placebo has an impact on that. And and it's like, I don't know, I feel like it kind of goes back to the perception of division and, and separation that this this denial that everything is intertwined and interconnected. Like we we want to see everything as separate because you know, today we see ourselves as separate. So that's how we need to see everything in our reality and not recognize the potential impacts of things like that and the letting go of that mentality. And so going back to what you kind of finish off there with, with being the collective identity or our collective desire to see our worth in things that aren't inherently us, like not being able to see our unwavering wholeness, completeness, worth, all that in like creates a sense of stress because either you're striving to feel like you're whole and anytime you're striving for something when, which happens when you don't recognize the wholeness and completeness that you are right now, seeing that you don't have to go anywhere else or do anything to complete yourself or, you know, interact with anyone or, or date anyone or marry anyone to complete yourself. When you recognize that, there's very little stress in your life. It's not to say that it doesn't happen, but there's significantly less than if you're striving to find that worth. And so if we if we see the interconnectedness between the stress in our lives being the contributing factor to something like cancer happening and the stress being caused by you know, thinking that we're a concept, that we're an idea, like those two things, seeing yourself as an idea, being basically how our society functions, seeing us as individuals separate from reality, very similar to the cancer cell, seeing itself something that's separate from reality, ignoring this quote unquote signals of the body, no differently than we ignore the signals of reality because we're so caught up in our idea of ourself thinking that, you know, I know what's best. I know what's best for me. I'm going to manifest this thing because that thing is what's best for me as opposed to just relaxing into the recognition that you're whole and complete as you are. There's nowhere you have to go. There's nothing you have to get. There's nothing you have to achieve, which thinking all of those things create stress within your body because you think you have to be somewhere other than where you are. And that's all that stress really comes down to is thinking you should be feeling a different way or doing a different thing than what you're doing. That that gap is is stress. It's also suffering. They're very, I don't know, similar in my head, but the symbolism between the cancerous cells, you know, ignoring those signals of, you know, when to die, when to stop, you know, when it when it's getting close to another cell, when not to invade it, it's like it ignores all of that, no differently than how we ignore all all the signals from reality being ourselves because we don't think we're it. So we ignore the things that would be very clear here and now to us, and and the synchronicities that are potentially available because we're so caught up in getting somewhere, improving ourselves, and and becoming more than than what we are because just in that statement shows how confused we are about the reality of what we are so i think similar to how our society is run similar to cancer cells acting against the nature of the body is rooted in the confusion 
you know, the cancer cells don't recognize that they're the whole body. Just like we don't recognize that we're all of reality. Yeah. Which is not a belief, right? In the same way that we tend to look at, at a placebo as kind of like a magic pill, right? It's like, oh, you just believe in it and it happens. And that's not what's happening. I think that that's the misinterpretation of what's happening. You're not telling them, oh, your problem's solved. You're telling them that they're not in as much danger. And so they relax and the body does its thing, right? Because the placebo effect is really just a product of us not being terrified, relaxing, thinking that we're healing, right? And so the body does its thing. It's so interesting because if you look, remember all the things I was telling you about the placebo effect is learn, or uh, remember I was telling you about the research earlier about the effects that the placebo effect was having on other people based on different studies. Well, check this out. Evidence that relaxation helps, right? Techniques like meditation and mindfulness will reduce inflammation, reduce inflammation markers in the blood, improve digestion, improve immune function, reduce stress, reduce cortisol levels, reduce muscle tension, and improve blood flow. So relaxation is the point. If the placebo has any power, it's that we're not resisting as much. And so our body is able to find more balance. And that I think is what we're getting at here is largely that this cancer or cancer as a whole is in balance, not just within our body, but in within our collective body. That's why I mean, it's not just like, if you have cancer, you're doing something wrong. That is not what we're saying at all. But we are saying that you possibly, probably have a greater influence over your, your body's capacity to heal than the world around us will ever admit because we don't want to admit that we have that much power over what's happening to us just through letting go, just through trusting ourselves, just through reducing our stress level and getting out of the way and allowing our body to do what it's designed to do, what it's been doing our entire lives, which is keeping us alive. So I just want to say that very quickly that if we're saying anything here, is that the future is not set. The more you relax, the easier this is likely to be. But that said, I understand that there are different stages of cancer where suffering increases. Okay, and that brings us to the next big stress point that I think must be looked at if you're really going to undercut where stress is coming from and allow your body the best chance to relax into whatever's about to happen. So that way it can do its best to heal. And I think that's the fear of death. I think our fear of death is one of the most significant factors to our stress. And that dropped, I'll pass it to Andrew. Oh boy. All right. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think I see this on, and this is an aspect of it that I was thinking about. And so what I've already mentioned is that a cancer cell ignores certain signals the body so cells die just like you know our incarnations bodies whatever you want to say that this you know story is dies as well and so it's our clinging and belief that you know death is objectively a bad thing it kind of keeps us in this fear and there's just so many different aspects of it and i see it very similarly to you know a cancer cell ignoring the signals from the body to die. And so 
when you think about us and our fear of death, it's like we're trying to do things to prolong my life or our life because we feel this ownership to it. That's why you have people thinking about, you know, preserving their their consciousness and and living, you know, for hundreds of years or whatever. And so I think even even in the sense of when you get a cancer diagnosis, like that fear immediately because people die of cancer, but it's not to say that everyone dies of cancer, but it makes me wonder, you know, if those who immediately go to that and and get very stressed out from the from the fear because you know, it's rooted in the idea of yourself dying if that isn't a massive contributing factor to you know how well you handle the medication or the treatment or whatever it may be and i think it, it's probably a huge factor and just another symbolism with all this that i'm curious about is that within the body there's certain uh, a reason for the development of cancer is damaged DNA or, or damaged cells that don't, that the body doesn't automatically kind of get rid of or, or allow to die. It's like those are sort of kept around and can eventually lead to cancer. And so I see that as sort of along the lines of the ideas of ourself and, and the belief that all death is objectively bad and <laughs> brings me to a point and I'm sure you have some thoughts on this as well, but I did want to touch on this um, of something like abortion, for example. It's this, you know, the people who are anti-abortion see all life as, you know, that's a human being, you know, as soon as it's conceived, whatever, even when it may be that it gets born into a very, very difficult environment. Not to say that, you know, the baby or whatever you want to call it is damaged necessarily, but there's this kind of innate desire because we're confused about the truth of what we are and have hold on to these ideas of ourselves to prolong any life when maybe we don't factor in that there could be a downside to prolonging that life. And I think it comes back to our own fear of death. And so those who are pro-life don't factor in the entire environment. And so I see almost some similarities there between that side of the development of cancer of a, a damage. And I don't like using the word damaged with this because I'm not saying that a baby who was thought about being aborted and then wasn't is like a damaged thing, but there are more things to keep in mind that a lot of people don't who are pro-life and they don't think about all of the external factors. And so is that, do you see that as almost similar to the development of cancer because we're so caught up in the idea of ourselves that something like that with, with abortion, that continuing to, you know, force those people to have that baby creates more population issues and just like more and more people as opposed to allowing things to kind of work out as they do. And if someone has the desire to not have the child, they don't have it similar. Okay. I hope that makes sense. I'm, I'm trying to like get it out while I'm thinking about it, but I think it yeah. makes sense. Okay. I, if it doesn't make sense to our listener, I just want to mention 
in no way are we talking about the fact that if you have cancer, you should be aborted. I just wanted to say that. But I, I think I know where you're going there because it wasn't too long ago that we lived to like 35, 40. Typically, didn't live that long. You know, life wasn't that long. And so one has to wonder like, okay, maybe that's why we didn't see as much cancer. It's because people weren't living long enough to really demonstrate that it was there. Right. And so over time, as our environment has allowed us to live longer, we're seeing more instances of it, perhaps. I still think it's it's a result of an imbalance in that society. Yeah, we're living longer, but that doesn't necessarily mean that immediately that we're going to get cancer if the world around us wasn't so out of whack, wasn't so full of capitalism, wasn't so full of stress, wasn't so yeah, so on and so forth. But that all said, yes, I think that over time, because we fear we fear death for almost like the majority of our lives especially if we're born in, in religion sometimes because there's the danger of going to hell. So that entire idea of dying creates stress over time. And we carry that stress. Like I was saying at the beginning of the episode, imbalance is cumulative. That stress carries. It doesn't matter how little it is. If you're afraid of dying, it's doing shit to you. you know. And so it's important to get that out. And so, yes, I, I think that that does have a cumulative factor on our lives as we go through life. I do, I do think that in the same way as we are avoiding you know, the pain that uh, abort, we're avoiding the conversation of abortion, I, I think avoiding the uh, conversation of death is also having its problems with us collectively and individually. Is that where you were going with that? Because I think I got that. Yeah, pretty much. It, it was in that realm. And it was just the development, like one way to develop cancer is a damaged DNA fragment not being not killed, but like it's allowed to stick around and kind of infiltrate the body as well. And that allowance of it, I was like, ah, I don't love the way that, like saying damaged. I just don't love that at all. But I was kind of seeing that as an equivalency to a potential abortion that isn't done because you're forced to keep the baby alive just for the sake of keeping the baby alive. And the people who are keeping it alive you know, are forcing the person to keep it alive. Don't actually give a fuck about it. They just think like all death is bad. And it's like this assumption. It's the inevitability of all things in nature coming and going. And so it's holding on to, we hold so closely the idea of ourself that, you know, creates the fear of death. And the more you let go of that, the less stress you experience in your life, the more relaxed you are actually prolongs your life in a way, but also leads to a decrease in your fear of death because it's just the end of the illusion, which is possible now as well. You don't have to wait to the end of your life to let go of that illusion. No, but that's it. That's exactly it. It's very much like the placebo effect. It's not about believing that you're eternal. It's about relaxing and allowing it be, to become self-evident. Right? Because it's just about recognizing that you are not the thing that you are stressing out about. It's really important to recognize that, that you're stressing out about something that is an optional fiction. It's a tool. You can take it seriously or don't, but the degree with which you take it seriously is going to impact how much stress you are carrying with you. And if you let it go, that stress will eventually start to unravel the more you let it go. And that's where the body can heal because we know that stress works against us. Stress increase, increases chronic inflammation. It, it does all kinds of weird shit to the body. It's very bad for us. It's just that it's become kind of uh, ubiquitous in society. 
Like it's everywhere. We're always stressed to the point where a moment of relaxation feels kind of foreign and weird to us. Like, oh, I'm relaxed. I feel really uncomfortable. I should go do something. That's not normal. Like that's not a healthy way to live, but we live that way. And then we wonder why cancer is running rampant through our society. Well, it's because not only are we imbalanced, but everything around us is imbalanced. We don't have any relationships that are healthy or very few. We live in communities that aren't connected. All of that has an impact on us, all of it. And if you go and you look at uh, what are the health benefits of uh, a loving community, they'll tell you reduction in stress, improved immune system. You know, what are the health impacts of uh, being more mindful? Same thing, right? It's all right there. It's just that we don't understand how much power we have because we're so wrapped up in a mentality that's disempowering us. And I think that's why we're not having more success against this. That, and, and honestly, I mean, there's a certain degree of investment in the idea of pharmaceuticals and, and a silver bullet, straight up, because you can actually look up that there are some health benefits to acupuncture, herbal remedies, things like that. It's not like it's unheard of. In that book, Cured, that we mentioned earlier in season three, they talk about how lifestyle changes often uh, result in spontaneous remissions. Right. So it's not just chemotherapy and it's not just going into the health industry or it's not just going into the pharmaceutical industry where you're going to find these cures, but it's in yourself to a very large degree. Even if you are taking those paths, nothing is wrong with taking chemotherapy. If that's the path that you've chosen, fine, but recognize that you're going to do better going through it if you're not beating yourself up all the time. If you're not judging yourself, if you're not telling yourself that, you know, oh my God, I might die if I don't do this. Like if you're not letting your life be ruled by fear, then you're more likely going to heal. And if you're not going to heal, at least you're going to get more out of the journey that you have left. Right? So you will stop being a cancer to yourself, regardless of the fact that your body is suffering through it. And at least there's that. Yeah. Amen. And I think too, we get caught up in these conversations, you know, talking about stress, it can, it can arise even in, you know, the desire to be healthy. We have, we have all these things where it's like, I, you know, need to avoid this, need to avoid that to be healthier. And I can't do this, need to do this. And all of those desires, I'm not saying that it's not great to be healthy and live a healthy lifestyle, but there's like with everything, a balance. It's not just shoving your square peg into, into a round hole of, I need to be maximum healthy at all times. It's like, there's, there's a degree to which you can take that so far that you're now stressed about being healthy all the time. And that is going to be worse for you than being a little bit less quote unquote healthy, you know, having a couple cookies here and there, having some, whatever is the thing that you want to have here and there to enjoy your life. Like that's actually going to be way healthier than trying to fit this idea of perfect health. It's like perfect health may just come down to being relaxed and not stressing about being somewhere else. Again, there's impacts to our environment and the things that we do. But oftentimes those things that we do, like overeating, 
certain un you know quote unquote unhealthy foods smoking whatever it may be that does lead to cancer comes from a lack of relaxation a desire to be something else you know we're so fixated on having this perfect body that on the other end of the pendulum is you know so we restrict ourselves or or whatever and then we can't take it anymore and we're just like oh fuck it and then we go eat a bunch of you know 100 cookies at once like that's where it comes from it's not just like this inherent desire to be unhealthy or, or eat bullshit usually the unhealthy habits that we develop are from holding on too tightly of needing to be somewhere other than where we are needing to have a different type of body needing to be seen in a different way needing you know needing to be healthier or else you know, god forbid something awful happens and and so those arise from us pushing it so far in the direction of being super healthy or thinking we should be healthier that it creates stress on the other end of it and so like with everything it's about finding that balance and and going back and forth but letting go of the of the should thinking that you should be in another spot other than where you're at and just being where you're at recognizing your wholeness and completeness letting go of your desire to be anywhere else relaxation is able to arise and that's the healthiest thing you could possibly do yeah absolutely for sure and i just wanted to mention cuz you were talking about cookies and I, it got me thinking. Another thing that's important to remember is that you will actually process and digest your food easier if you're not stressed and judging yourself. So judging yourself for eating those cookies actually makes it harder to process those cookies. And you're less likely to go out for a walk because you're beating yourself up and who wants to do that? So as always, relax, pay attention, be yourself, make the most of what you've got, right? Stop looking too far down the road. And you will eventually at least find what balance you can, or another way to put it, and this is something that we said early in the season or early in the series, the balance will find you. But it's in investing in that imbalance, it's in investing in that illusion that you lose the sensitivity that you need to stay in the present. So I think that's all that we have to say on the topic of cancer for this episode, unless Andrew, you have anything you'd like to add? No, uh, I, I think I, I was going to tell you this after, but I figure it's fun to toss this stuff into an episode here and there and try to describe the damaged DNA thing. I like halfway through, I'm like, fuck, I have no idea where this is going. And in the past, it's so funny because I would have beat myself up and like not been able to recover from that. I would have been like, fuck, I have no idea what the fuck I was saying. I don't think that made that didn't even make sense to me in my finagled way of expressing it. But being able to let that go, you know, it's letting go of the idea that that means anything about my worth and value in that moment, stay relaxed, not stress about the fact that it happened, come out the other end and just move on with my fucking life. And so, yeah, I was, I was going to mention that to you after, but I figured toss it in the episode might as well. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's all I got on, on the topic of cancer. I'm impressed. I'm glad that you threw that in because it is important to, to admit stuff like that. I didn't know where I was going. Thanks for coming along with me. And that's pretty much it. But if you must know, going through that, it's not like there were no insights in there. It's just that you're like, there's a parallel. 
And then it kind of dwindled towards the end, but it was a good parallel to start. So as always, you know, just do the best you can, see where it goes. We'll all learn something along the way. Thank you, dear listener, for being here with us. We do hope that there was something in this episode that was informative for you, uh, possibly informative for your loved ones if they're going through this, and that it gave you a sense that you are not disempowered by this thing. If anything, you're just recognizing how much power you have moment to moment over your experience. And that's the journey that you should focus on because it's the journey you have the most influence over. And who's to say how much influence that has over everything else, individually and collectively. So we will see you next week. Uh, if you do have any more suggestions for community topics, do toss them into the Discord or join us on Patreon. We do this vote every week, of course, and uh, we always love the challenge, obviously. Thanks so much. We'll see you soon. Bye, everyone.